Hi, and welcome to MentorCore. If you're new here, we're a community focused on helping people in the security, risk, and compliance fields grow their careers and leadership skills through mentoring. You can find more information about MentorCore at mentorcore.biz. I'm Dan Ayala, along with Lisa Beth Lentini Walker. Now, on to this week's discussion. Welcome to another MentorCore event. My name is Lisa Beth Lentini Walker, and we are excited. No, I should actually say thrilled to have Samantha Sims with us today. Samantha is one of the smartest people I know when it comes to data protection and data governance. And she and I actually had the opportunity to work together in our careers at one point in time. Now we just happen to be very good friends and I respect her so much. Uh, she runs the Information Collective, which has operations in lots of different places, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, for now, Samantha, I don't want to steal your thunder here. Why don't you tell us just a few minutes about who you are and what you're doing right now? Thank you, Lisa Beth, and thank you very much, Dan. It's great to join you both on this podcast. Um, you know, I just think Mentor Core is just an amazing um, setup because it just allows people to connect with a bit more of their soft skill. So it's me, myself, I'm a data privacy attorney, strategist, and the CEO of the Information Collective. I help tech executives to build and um, implement products and services that will have a social impact. And I do that to make sure that we are creating a fairer society in which we're taking into consideration data ethics. Um, and also allowing my clients to be more commercial in their application of their, their business too. So that's what I do. And that's what I uh, help my team to run and support my clients on. But great, more than that, I am a Caribbean woman. I provide coaching to young lawyers and also to some of these tech executives. I am currently based in Jamaica as the, if you can hear any background noise or music that will give you a little indication that I'm in Jamaica, but I am UK born, raised, educated. I've lived in Paris, I've lived in New York, I've lived in London, obviously, and uh, now I'm um, living in Jamaica. In terms of my area of practice, I've always been in data privacy. I've been in data privacy for about 20 years. Um, and I've always made it my business to know at least a little bit about a lot of places. I never really wanted to be contained by one uh, geographic location, one jurisdiction. I've always wanted to be more global in my approach so that I can, you know, have a more of a comparative view and help companies to um, manage their global presence as well. So that's, um, that's who I am. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for this opportunity. That's great. I'm so excited that we're getting the opportunity to chat with you again. Since we last spoke, um, when you visited MentorCore, actually quite a while ago, we were one of our first guests, um, you have moved to Jamaica. Talk to me a little bit about what that transition has been like, having been, you know, born and raised in the UK, but with strong ties back to Jamaica, and kind of shifting your uh, world location 
as an adult after having so much um, exposure earlier on in your life? But honestly, I thought it would be a lot easier than it is. Um, I think I underestimated the, the, the challenge, actually, um, because I'm raised in a Jamaican community. I'm raised in a Jamaican family. I have spent the last um, good number of years being back and forth between here, um, the US and uh, the UK. And actually, I, I wanted to reduce my carbon footprint. Uh, so I didn't want to be taking flights all the time. I didn't want to be recovering from these long haul flights all the time. But also, I wanted sunshine. I wanted fresh air, good food, and just a nice locale to be sitting in. Um, during the pandemic, I spent all my time in the UK. And actually what I've realized in that time, having now come back to Jamaica, the price increase on a number of business related activities is substantial. Um, so relocating, I'm still in transition, but one of the biggest difficulties has been finding office space and also finding office space that allows me to still connect with my network and not bury my head into, um, uh, just into, into my work, sitting in my own office cubicle. So I think that has been the biggest challenge. That being said, I have been building a network through LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn, um, in the Caribbean for a number of years now, I would say four to five years, where I've really made a focus of getting to know uh, fellow attorneys, compliance people, tech people, um, people who operate in the same space as me, people who have the same passion as me, and getting to know people through LinkedIn, and then coming over and meeting with people. So I've managed to build relationships and build a network. And the one thing I would say is a, the biggest difference between here and being um, in the UK or the US is that people still need to see you, feel you, touch you in order to really want to engage with you. Uh, and that is really important. That relationship building piece is slow, a very slow and long journey. People have asked me, um, fellow data privacy specialists have asked me, how can they come into the Jamaican market? And one thing I explain is that Hey, I'm not overly in the Jamaican market. I operate in the UK, the US, Canada, and the, across the Caribbean. So I'm not focused just on being in Jamaica. Um, secondly, you have to get to know the right people. It is a country with a 3 million, just under 3 million people population. You need to network and know the right people, and you need to be validated almost by those people. And that is a real challenge for those of us who did not go to the schools here, those of us who did not um, uh, go to university here and have not gone on to work at the institutions here, right? So you need that validation. So I, I, I tell people, and I, you know, I, I would firstly, recommend anyone if you want to make a move move in this digitized society you can work from anywhere you truly can internet permitted but 
don't just have a very, um, so to speak, first world view of things that you can go anywhere else in the world and actually you're going to shine and take over. That's not necessarily the case because the doors will close on you very, very quickly. Take time to integrate, take time to absorb, take time to observe and understand um, what the landscape looks like. And actually, if there is a need for you or how you can contribute to the society. So that's a really interesting point is, is you're, you, you're spending a lot of time in that, in that answer focusing on how you integrate to the society. But we also know that you know, you've long operated a global business in multiple, in multiple regions, but many people right now are, you know, have decided to move physically to a new place, um, either pandemic driven or something else, just another change to make, and are having to figure out how to rationalize in their own head their behaviors for different markets. Do you have any insights that you can share with people on operating perhaps even four different versions of yourself, depending upon the different markets you're serving? Well, I like to believe there's just one version of me, Dan. Authenticity yeah. <laughs> is my thing, right? I'd like to show up as my full authentic self. It's part of one of my core values. Let's call so, it four filters. Uh, <laughs> four filters. Yeah, I mean, there are a few things that I'm very much aware of. For example, you know, not just the Jamaican example, but Jamaica is a very conservative place. And I'm not your lawyer that colors between the lines, right? You know, I've been known to, I wear my hair, however, I wear my lipstick, my big earrings, my nails, you know, I, I realize, I see what people may perceive of me when they first see me and it's like, it's not lawyer quite often. Um, but I continue to be myself. And I, you know, somebody said to me years ago, cream always rises to the top. If you have something of value to say, it will come through at some point. Um, in terms of uh, operating in the US, in the US, I have to be much more punchy. I have to, you know, really be on it and, um, I know people become, they're, they're quite enamored by the British accent, but I still have to be able to show up and say something of importance and maintain a certain cadence when I'm speaking to a US audience. In the UK, I often have to filter a little bit, you know, you have to be more considered and a little bit more measured in the approach. Um, or when I'm dealing with French, uh, French clients, for example, oftentimes we, they want to explore more of the for and the against um, before we move forward. So I'm very aware of cultural sensitivities. And I think a lot of that comes from me being raised within a country, but having a different culture to that country. So my home culture was very different. So going to school, although I come from an Anglophone speaking background, English speaking background, I still had to assimilate to some extent from a very young age entering the school system. I also studied French and German from the age of eight straight through to university. So again, I've been very used to having to make myself understood in a different language by different people. 
So I would say, how do people do that? Again, it is to understand the lay of the land, make sure that you are, you're aware of what those sensitivities may be. Make sure you are very, very aware, but do not compromise on your who you are, on yourself, you know, show up as you are, because you have been created uniquely as you, you're, you're, you are perfect as you are, you know, and we, we all find our tribe. I firmly believe that we all find our tribe. We're able to cultivate and find those people who are like us. So I don't overly worry about, about the differences, but I am aware of how I may need to overcome some of those perceptions, uh, those initial perceptions of me. I love this. I love the conversation that we're having around this because, um, you know, well, well, it's very clear that different countries have different backgrounds and cultures, but even within a single country or even within a single city, there are going to be so many different cultural contexts that you need to understand and, and take into account as you do your work. So I think this is really important for uh, from a mentoring perspective for people to understand. Now, one of the things that I also wanted to talk about, Sam, is you have been um, coaching for, for quite some time. And one of the things that I know that we've talked about in the past is well-being. How do you find it? How do you maintain it? How do you manage through it? Like, how do you do all the things you do and then stay aware and in tune with everything that you need outside of just the technical? I think that has been one of my biggest challenges recently, because when life is running on its usual kill or, you know, normal kill, it's easy. But when, when, when life gets that bit difficult or there, there is that event that takes place, for example, my grandma, grandmother passed away late last year. That was a huge event for my family. It meant that my focus was shifted. Now, when you're running a business or you've got a very um, demanding role in any way, what happens at, uh, as a result of that is that you're trying to keep all of that going. And to be honest, it's not always possible. So I have um, learned some lessons around resilience in, in over the last couple of years, certainly through the pandemic, but very recently. So when I think about it, you know, really, really making sure that I have a system in place. Reason I say that is that not every day do I feel motivated. And I used to allow my motivation to drive me all the time. That used to power me through, get up, keep going. But there are days when I'm not going to feel motivated. And if you have such a huge event, such as grief, it's, you're not going to feel motivated about that piece of data privacy work. <laughs> it's the honest truth. But having a system, I had to really build a system and cling to a system to help me to keep moving through knowing that if I just jump, jump on the track, so to speak, my system will carry me through. What does my system look like? Um, for example, I have my gym time booked in. So I gym every single morning. I have my um, 
different types of activities booked into my calendar throughout the day. So I don't end up just doing the same activity, pouring myself into the same task all day long. So I'm able to spread myself across the various streams of work that I have. But also I have check-in points with myself and I've got a, a checklist of things that I need to do every single day. So I love Mel Robbins and she has something called the high five habit. Um, and every morning I get up and I tell myself high five, you've made it today. I tell myself that I'm safe, I am loved, I'm okay, I'm enough, and I'm doing this, right? I, I check in with myself all the time. I make sure I check in with my community, my network, um, you know, and I've learned um, over time through people like Brene Brown, if things are not working well for me, open up, be vulnerable, say it, right? And that really is has helped me to navigate some of those more challenging times because even if you think about this transition I've made moving to Jamaica there are so many things that could draw my attention in different or directions every single day right just to go and buy some vitamins took me an hour and a half on Monday now without my system that's because I wanted to check the prices in different places, et cetera, and I need to drive everywhere. It's not as simple as going onto the high street and just getting it done. Um, Amazon Prime doesn't get things to me by tomorrow, right? So things are different. So I really have to build a system and cling to that system just to carry me through. And I think that is something that is hugely important. And it may be natural to other people, but it's not something that's natural to me. Um, when you think about my, even my Myers-Briggs type focuses on energy and, um, you know, I, I, I tend to use a lot of external energy to motivate me. And also I tend to um, draw towards using the energy of the last minute to get me through all of my deadlines. But there are times when that is just not going to be enough, right? It's, it's hard. And it's on the back of two hard years stuck in our houses. So I've spoken to a lot of people recently who have been struggling because they have people who I'm coaching. I'm seeing it increasingly. They are really questioning themselves. They're questioning their lifestyle. They're questioning their roles in their jobs. They don't know where to turn. They want more money. They want to live somewhere else. They want to have their own business, but they don't want to do this. And they are com not confused, but they're questioning right now. And so I say to people, you know, I try to help them to answer the, the find their highest intention answer. Why do you want to do this? Firstly, find your why. Secondly, jump, jump, create a system and jump onto that system and allow yourself to, to go through. It's not an easy process, but at some point we'll get through to the other end. For those that don't automatically give themselves the accountability that they need for a system like that, you know, you create the system and the, and the act of creating the system is part of the energy uh, at the start. 
But then when you get into the run state, and I say this as somebody who is very much a change person, but the run is far less interesting to me. Um, how, how have you been able to, and it sound, you know, sounds like you have similar, how have you been able to keep yourself on that system uh, other than if I don't, I won't have the vitamins I need, you know, the, what, 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 what are you using and how can people hold themselves account, learn to hold themselves accountable to these systems? You know, I'm being realistic about time and self and what I can achieve. That's the first thing. So in the past, yeah, I've built these systems. I even found one that I built when I was 25. Right. Um, but the very first thing is, that when I look back at some of those get up at seven, do this by 7.15, do this by this time, da, 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 I look at it and think, well, that was never gonna work. Because who you are and how you energize is completely unaligned with what you're trying to create. So the first thing, be honest with yourself about who you are and how you are, how you, how you, uh, when are you at your best? Secondly, tell people you created a system. Tell them this is what your goal is. And you'll be surprised how many people around you show up and ask you about it. And you know, um, I did digress slightly, but I've joined a, a gym here in Jamaica. I get four personal training sessions um, every single week. I come, I have to turn up at seven. I train from seven to eight with a personal trainer. I then am assessed on the first day back every month. They check my weight, my um, measurements, uh, my body fat. And when you're not performing well, they ask you, so what's happened? So having these accountability partners, these motivators, I've actually learned quite a lot from the system they've created, right? Because the whole gym is there being assessed at the same time. Um, and it doesn't feel nice when you, I didn't hit my goal. It didn't feel nice. I was so annoyed with myself. Even, you know, thinking that I skipped the run and raisin ice cream and I still didn't meet my goal but I didn't go hard enough and I knew it in myself and I was so disappointed in myself because I had all of these trainers looking and saying okay so what do we need to do this time around what are you eating what are you this what is that so making sure that you have these check-in points to um, coin a phrase that I've been using recently what gets monitored what gets measured gets man managed, right? What gets yeah. monitored gets managed, right? And so just making sure that you've got people around you who you can check in with and who are aware of your goals is so, so important. Um, and speaking of people around me, I am part of a group of women here um, who follow Rachel Rogers, who's a... Um, an entrepreneur and she's created the millionaire mindset um, club and so we get together we've set out our goals and we hold each other accountable to our goals to make sure that we are making we're not making what we call broadcast decisions right that we're making the decisions that are best for ourselves our millionaire mindset and it's not about making a million dollars or pounds or whatever it is which it is at the end but it's about being your best self 
And I think that's what's important. So understanding what does your best self look like and really hold, you don't just hold yourself accountable because I've done, I've signed up for yoga in the morning and put on my clothes and then sat there watching the TV, watch it as, a, as the people are doing the yoga saying, you oh, know, that's a really great position. As I do so in my sweaty Betty or my Lululemon clothes, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's not, it's, it's about telling others or knowing what works for you, I would say, but definitely telling others, having mentors, having accountability partners, being open, sharing with others. And um, yeah, even you'd be surprised, uh, Instagram, Facebook, etc. That also helps telling people that you're doing this. They'll ask you soon. They'll expect it soon. So that's what I would say. That's great. And uh, thanks for that. And just you, you mentioned through the course of this, uh, the course of our chat, a whole bunch of great resources. And for anyone listening or watching, uh, check in the show notes, uh, the podcast show notes are looking below in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, and we have links to all of those, uh, to, to all those references so you can get back to them easily. Um, but uh, Samantha, unfortunately, we're getting to the end of our time, uh, which of course means we are going to ask you yet again, a question we asked you last time uh, around the most valuable thing you've, you've, you've learned from a mentor. But since you're, since you're a return visitor, uh, maybe something that you've learned, the most important thing you've learned from a mentor since we've last spoken, which is about two years ago, or take it wherever you'd like. Actually, the point that I made earlier about what gets measured gets managed is one of the biggest, um, uh, the biggest eye-openers for me because it's very easy in so many different ways to just keep on trundling on through life and not really check in with yourself, check in with what your goal is, check in with, with anything. And I think once we make once I sit and look and which I do on a Friday now look at all of my stats I look at my financials I look at my health stats even my respiratory rate all my stats um I look at my relationships you know just making sure that I'm really checking in with myself my people um my finances and my to-do list so making sure that, uh, and my goals, I should say, so measuring what I've got to do, making sure that I know where I am in that journey has proved huge for me, really huge. But I want to leave you one more. Please. That is jump and the net will appear. And I think we're living in a time where we really do need to focus on just moving from the heart and taking that risk. I say it because so many people are asking me right now, how do you do this? How's your move? How is it going? And I just want to tell anyone, if you want to make a move or make any change in life, jump. Trust yourself. You'll create the system. You'll be okay. You'll work it out. Wonderful advice. Thank you, Samantha. 
Thank you for being here so much. Samantha Sims, uh, CEO of the Information Collective and uh, very much a friend of our, uh, of MentorCore. We're really glad you were able to come back and, uh, and share this new and share these new insights with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. For everybody listening, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of MentorCore. We really appreciate it. Um, if uh, you have feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Info at mentorcore.biz. You can find us on your favorite podcast application and you can find us on YouTube. We'd love your uh, feedback from those avenues as well. Uh, please leave writings. Please tell us what you think. Um, if you have ideas for future topics, please send those along as well. Uh, because we want this show to be about the community for security, risk, privacy, ethics, governance, and uh, compliance professionals. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next MentorCore.